listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. We are continuing on in our Rooted series. This is week number three. Just a quick recap if you missed anything. Uh, the first week, and the point of this is for us to have good roots in our foundation of our faith and how that directs our life. So in the first week, I did a real shocking thing, and as a pastor, I said, you should read your Bible. And not just read your Bible, not just gain information, but have it be, be pouring into your life even before you know that you need it. And the phrase that I used several times was, dig your well before you're thirsty. And I don't know about any of you guys, many of us joined, I'm on day number 14 of our 19-day reading plan in the Bible app. It is awesome. This last one was about uh, poetry and that 33% of our Bible, if I got that number right, is poetry. And how do you understand poetry in the text? So if you haven't started on that reading plan, you can go back onto the sermon notes and you can download that uh, Bible app, make real life your, your, uh, your church, and get on the journey to understanding your Bible in a much different way than you ever have before. Because I'm enjoying that. I hope you guys are enjoying it too. How many people are on the plan? I've started it. Good job, guys. How many people are enjoying it? Is everybody enjoying it? Love it. Love it. Uh, so week number two, last week we talked about prayer. And my main hope for you during that last week is that you would see prayer as not an event anymore. It's not something you just do before, you know, when you wake up, oh, my prayer time. Okay, cool. That's one thing of it. You don't just do it at dinner time. Well, time to pray. That prayer isn't a, is a lifestyle. It's not just an event. Like you have the freedom and access to communicate with the creator of the universe, just like whenever you want to. And that we would have that be more fulfilling in our life, that we would ha- pray differently and that it would always be on our, on our lips, that pray, we would pray without ceasing as, as a community, but we would always be thinking about that as we walk by, as we drive by. And like this week, for example, um, my daughter called me and uh, we lost a really good man in Moscow. We lost uh, Lance Abendroth, who was the athletic director and grew up in this town and uh, really had a lot of great impact on a lot of folks in the school district and even outside of the school district and my family. And I remember my daughter calling me and, and Lance was in the process of passing away and just asking for prayer. And when we talked about prayer and be praying for Lance and his family and his, and his boys, uh, we talked about prayer. We talked about different how to pray. Like there's other things you can learn about, about praying. If you ever got stuck, you could just use that acronym called ACTS. And the first one was adoration, where you adore God. What, what can you find to adore about God? And then there's this piece of confession. Lord, search me a little bit. Is there anything that I'm running around with that's not, that I shouldn't be running around with? What do I need to confess to you, Lord? And then there's a prayer of thanksgiving, and you start just looking at your life, and you're like, wow, you love me. Look at all the things around my life, the, 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 the creation that you gave us. And then the last one is a prayer of supplication, and that's, that heart-wrenching prayer, that prayer that the Abendroth family was praying and the other people were praying to be around Lance as he was passing. And so we learned about prayer, that prayer is a lifestyle. It's not just an event. Today, uh, I want to dive in to a third piece of being rooted, and this is about repentance. And I want to explain to you what I understand biblical repentance is and what it maybe is just not. And I don't know if you guys have been around church long enough or you remember like this hellfire and damnation uh, gospel that God's mad at you, he's angry at you, and repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And like you just see the people's like the veins are popping out of their neck and you're like, why are you yelling at me? 
Is your God like you? And what's the heart behind that? I don't know what the heart is behind that individual or where they're at in their life. And I don't want to judge it on the outside that they're screaming and yelling and just trying to, like, there's some passion behind this idea of repenting. It would be almost like if you had, saw your little three-year-old and you're outside in your front yard and you saw your little three-year-old and they started darting towards the street and you saw another a truck coming way too fast and your three-year-old's running out to the street and you'd be like, stop! Come back! Like, what kind of passion would you share that with? And I want you to think about this as we dive into this concept and this idea of repent. Now, it's a good story here of a rabbi who was talking to his students. And here's what he said. He said, no matter what you do, make sure that you repent right before you die. And the students ask him, well, how do I know when I'm going to die? Aha, says the rabbi, and that is the point. And so let's, understanding what repentance is is a big, big, big deal. Let's take a look at some scriptures here. Produce fruit, Matthew 3, 8. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Matthew 21, 32. For John came to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Luke 17, 3 says, so watch yourself. If a brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. The word repent is all over uh, the text. It's all over the Bible. It's, uh, there's a Hebrew word for it, which we'll learn. And there's a couple different uh, way that, ways that it's used in the Newer Testament in Greek. But like the definition, if you were to type in on Google, like what's the definition of repent, here's what you'd find. Feel or express sincere regret or remorse about, some, about one's wrongdoing or sin. Synonyms for that is guilt, remorse, regret, grief, sorrow. So in our American minds, when we think about repent, we're like, ah, my bad. Sorry. It is so much more than that, biblically. Say the word teshuva. Teshuva, kind of a fun word to say. Teshuva is translated from the Hebrew as repentance. But it literally means return. As if turning back to something that you've strayed uh, or looked away from. Teshuva. This is going to be my teshuva section right here. Say teshuva. Teshuva. When I go like this, you're going to say teshuva. Just these guys. What are you guys doing? You can't say it. That's not your word yet. Teshuva. Okay. It's used in the, uh, thousands of times in the Old Testament, ranging in specific meanings. Sometimes it literally means just to turn around physically, like in Genesis 31.3 or Deuteronomy 3.20. And other times it means to turn away from a way of life, turn towards something better in Deuteronomy 30 verses 2 and 3 or Jeremiah 3.22. So teshuva, 
Good job, guys. Good job. That's the Hebrew understanding of repent. Now, uh, there's two kinds of words for repent in the New Testament. One of them just means to regret past actions, which we're like, yep, that's what our Google search said. It's to regret past actions. Judas regretted he was remorseful that he betrayed Jesus. But did he turn and change? So one of the words is uh, metameli. Metameli, which merely uh, connotes regret or sorrow. So you see that, and that's translated repent. So we all have past stuff that we're sorry about. We have a list of things that we're not proud about. I want to make sure that you understand and you identify that, that, that you are not identified by your sin. You are not what you did. You are a child of God created for excellence, created for the amazing things that he has planned for you, and you blow it sometimes. That's not who you are. That doesn't mark you as an identifying marker. God has already marked you as his holy treasured possession that he is crazy about. So when you make a mistake, you're not, you don't get to identify with that sin unless you choose to. And you can haul it around with you for years and years and years and years and years and be like, I am that, and believe a lie and have burdens and just have it be heavy, heavy, heavy. But so that one word, Menomeli just is like sorrow or regret. The next one is uh, metanoeo, which means genuine change of mind and will. Metanoeo, genuine change of mind and will. Uh, it, it literally means from like behind or after. After something has happened, you are changed after an experience. You thought differently after. The kind of repentance the Lord seeks when he talks about repentance, it's more than just a, my bad. It's more than just a, I'm sorry. I, one of our sermon club guys talked about a football coach that he said where this guy kept messing up. and He'd be like, sorry, coach, sorry, coach. And the coach was like, it's okay that you're sorry. What I need you to do is change. But it keeps making the mistake over and over. Sorry, 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 sorry. It doesn't feel like you're sorry when you keep doing the same thing over and over again and you don't change. And so to actually make a change, when you think about repentance, choosing, this is why it's one of our rooted pieces, okay? Because this is something we're all going to have to do. Choosing to consistently choose to change. Choosing to consistently choose to change. For the rest of your Christian walk, you have to teshuva. You could get fired from this. <laughs> teshuva. You have to change. Not just acknowledge. Acknowledging is a great starting point, but you actually have to change. And it's an interesting exercise. If you go through and you start reading the text, and if you start looking at the word repent, and you substitute it with change, and you read it, you're like, oh. 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 It's not just a, I'm sorry. It's a change of direction. It's not my will be done, but it's God's will be done. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right? As we walk through the prayer, whose will should be done? God's will be done. And guess what? Sometimes it's a little different than what I'm thinking. 
What's God's will? How do I know, Josh? I want to do God's will. Spend time with him. Maybe read your Bible. Be in prayer. Be in community. Get rooted in your Bible. Add water to those roots. Let's read some text. Matthew 3, 1 through 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and he said, repent. Or he said, change is the word that they're looking for. Not I'm sorry. This wasn't the I'm sorry translation. This was change. He says, change for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of throughout the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight a path for him. Halak the direct, walk the path. How is your walk? As they would say in rabbinical terms, how is your walk? How are you walking God's path? Let's take a look at some paths. Maybe. Well, wait a minute. That seems like that's a new path. That's been cut through. Is that the intended pathway? Is that the natural pathway? Is that maybe a shortcut? And as you see these, another picture of paths and what paths look like, like, wait a minute, I thought we were supposed to go down. They, look at all the time and effort that somebody put in to make those bricks uh, that way, and we are going off the path. It's more than just acknowledging that you are off the path. It's a change of course. Metanoeo. Now, how many of us have gone off a path? Let's think about this. What... When you exit here today, I'll come down and visit with you guys. You guys don't be scared. When you exit today, we have some fairly clearly marked paths. Like this is one of them right here. That's one of them right there. There's signs that say exits and doors and all those things. But in life, sometimes we walk a different path. And so I should exit. I should go this way, correct? But I might just come over this way and I'm just like, ow, I'm off the path. And I'm coming over here, and I'm working my way through here, and I'm on this, stepping on this guy's communion. Oh, sorry, did I step on your foot? You know what? Sometimes when I'm off the path, I step on other people and I hurt them. Goodbye. And so I'm coming over here. I'm working my way through. This is not as easy as walking down the path, but sometimes you're just walking, and you, you fall down. Teshuva! Let's try it again. Oh, I hear a voice, and the voice is telling me that I could possibly be off the path. How would I know how to get back on the path? Oh, there's people calling me. What are they asking me to do? And where should I go? To the path. Why should I go to this path? I was going to make it over here. This is going to be fine. I could get out of here just fine. This is, camera guys are loving this. I can get out of here. I'm going to go my way. I'll do it. Oh, hi. How are you guys doing? Let me step on your glasses right here and your communion. Oh, cool. Hi, guys. Glad to never get to see you guys over here. Oh, hey. Is this a path over here? This path is so much better. Do you understand the visual? When you get off the path, people get hurt. Kind of. You could crush their communion. No. Or their glasses. My brother Gabe like, picked up his glasses like, this guy looks uncoordinated. <laughs> Stay on the path. Come back to the path. Don't just be sorry that you went off the path. Teshuvah, return. 
Come back to that path. Don't just change to nothing. Change towards something. Something that produces good fruit. Something that will have your roots be deep. Turn towards God, not towards something else. Have you ever noticed people get off the path and they realize they're off the path and they're getting called back and they get onto another path that seems better, but sometimes it's even more destructive? When you return back to the path, you've got to make sure that you have community around you that are helping you walk this path. Our ladies in their uh, coffee connection, which happens next week, they're uh, working with Bob Goff. And one of the things that uh, our team had shared with me, the, the gals had shared with me, they said, like, what are you going to quit doing every Thursday? What are you going to evaluate in your life on a Thursday and be like, that does not produce good fruit. I am not going to do that anymore. I am going to teshuva. Just close. I was fast on that. I'm going to teshuva. I'm going to come back and turn back onto God's path by not doing something and replacing it with something that's going to produce good fruit. Restoration night on Thursday night. If you ever wanted to see like repentance and what repentance looks like, you would come to restoration night. There was a testimony we've had, we have testimonies every other week and there was a testimony a couple months back. I was weeping. I knew like you cry all the time anyway, but I was like, I was weeping when I understood this path that this person turned from. And they'd been going to this church, and I knew them fairly, fairly well. And they'd been going to this church since 2015, and everything that was going on in their life since 2015, and it's taken seven years. Seven years. And teshuva, 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 teshuva. Over and over and over again, and all of the hard work to come back to the path that God would have for them. It's there. If you like, I've got to get on the right path, like it's available. We'll start a new quarter here pretty soon for restoration night. Maybe it's next week. New quarter, new classes, all kinds of things. If there's something, and it's, I'm going to tell you, it's not for addicts or just these people. Like it's for me. It's for the pastor. It's for you. It's for anybody. It's not weird. It's like, do you want to do the work? Great. We have it right here for you. We'll help you to get back on the path. People doing the hard work to move to God's path for their, their life and for their family's life. I can think of three very huge path changes in my life. I didn't know what teshuva meant there, but that's what I did. I physically turned to something different. Can you think of any paths in your life where you made a significant turn? I want you to stop and think of this. Look at your life. Look at the paths that you've gone on in your life. And look at the times you've had to make a significant turn or change of direction. Was it for good? Did it move you towards God's path and his purpose? One of those for me was... um, Obviously, the Christian one is like when I accepted the Lord, and we've heard that story. One of those for me was in 2005. I can clearly remember picking the clay chips out of my fingernails and sitting at a, at a table thinking I was going to be some great gambler. And I can clearly remember, like, this isn't a, like, 
is this, this is a good path? Like asking, like, I could do this, right? And then the Holy Spirit started to lay on me all the cost that it would cost to stay on this path. And as it was revealed to me what that path was going to look like, and when I got to the bottom of my life, I t- I, I teshuvahed. I was way off the path. I was farther off the path. I was, I was like Troy. Not that Troy's off the path. But I was like that far. And it was a long, long, long way back. There's lots of scars and bruises and bumps. Not just for me. But for the people that I had affected. The people that I had sinned against. And to come back to that path. I remember what led me to come here to this church was painful. It was painful. I felt hurt. I felt betrayed by my church family. I felt that I had something taken away from me and I was going to get it back. I was going to do my thing and I was going to plant a church and those folks would come to my church instead of that church where those people were mean to me. And I remember sitting in Roswell, New Mexico-ish. I know, it's weird. Aliens. I remember sitting in the high desert And I remember telling God my plan. And I remember God saying, no. You will not break up a church. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send you away to sit in a second chair for a while. Now, a while was like eight or nine years. I didn't realize that. But that moment was a pivotal moment to be moved here and to be mentored and coached by our former pastor and the people that invested in me here. I was not ready. I was not mature enough. So we have different paths. And sometimes it's not these big, giant things. Sometimes it's just a small move. It doesn't have to be this. Like, like, you're like, I kind of wanted to do that Bible thing. I started, like, for two days, and I haven't done it, and I'm 12 days behind, so forget it. No. It's never too late to go towards God's path. It's never too late to... To Shuvah! It's never too late to turn towards God's path, what he has planned for you. And you could start over today. It's okay. It's still going to be there. So it doesn't have to be these grandiose life moment things. There's a lot of little decisions that will take you to a really bad decision. And if I would have teshuvah a couple times earlier, maybe I wouldn't have stepped on people's hands and communion and glasses and hurt others. So it doesn't have to be these wild big things. It can be little things. Matthew 4, 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Change. Don't just be sorry. Don't just like the acknowledgement of sin is great, but physically change and do something different because God's kingdom is near. Maybe it's you stop praying. You got mad at God because you didn't get a prayer answered that you thought should have been answered the way you wanted it answered, and so you got mad. Maybe you just kind of got off the path a little bit there. And then you got around some different association that helped you get farther off the path and like, yeah, you crazy Christians, God stuff. And helped moving you slowly off the path. But let me tell you something about God. It says he will never leave you or forsake you. He doesn't care how far off the path you get because he's yelling over here. 
we're over here. Like, we're over here. Come on over. Come to your path. It's right here. Sometimes I start allowing roots to dig deep in things that are not going to produce good fruit. And we move away from his will being done to my will being done. We need to get back on the path. And that's what repentance is all about. And that's why it's one of our rooted pieces. Because you are going to be drawn to a different path. That is the devil's plan. The devil's plan is to take you off of the path that God has for you. If he's lost you to salvation, now he needs to neutralize you. So you don't help other people get lost in salvation. He wants to neutralize you. He wants to change you. He wants to make you question things about your messed up church or question things about your messed up friends or your groups or all those things. And, and just, yeah, you're right. You know, come talk to me some more, Satan. Let's talk. I'm inviting him in. That takes you off the path. So we're trying to dig deep roots in good soil, not bad soil. And the good soil is on the path. Repentance is an action. It's not just verbal stuff. It's an action. Repentance gets you unstuck. Come to, come to Thursday night. You want to see some people getting unstuck for 50 to 60 years of junk that's happened in their life that wasn't fair, wasn't right, was abusive, was all of those things, and they chose to get back on the path. God is always extending an invitation for you to get unstuck. Oh, good. I have three minutes. I want to read you something from Psalm 51. This is, uh, this is David, and uh, he, the prophet Nathan came to him after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And this is David's response. And I want you to think about Teshuvah. I want you to think about the words you hear. What, what is trying to happen here? Is this a, I'm sorry, or is this a change me? Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Don't let me live in the sin that I committed. Blot them out. I, that was my, forgive me, Father. Wash away all my inequities and cleanse me from my skin. This person's feeling pretty yucky about what happened. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You said to Shuba, you said come back to the path. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my inequities. Create in me a pure heart, O God, a renew and steadfast spirit within me. Wait a minute. That's more than I'm sorry. That's an invitation to change. Change me, God. Teshuvah, turn me towards your path. 
Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing your righteousness. I'm going to change my path. I'm going to talk about you. I'm not going to focus on the things that, that, that the world's trying to drag me in. I'm going to turn towards you, God. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. May it please you and prosper Zion to build up the walls of Jerusalem, then you will delight in the sacrifices of righteousness and the burnt offerings offered whole. Then the bulls will be offered at the altar. That is Teshuvah. That is the repentance that we should be focused on. More than an I'm sorry, a turn and a change of heart. And you can do it as many times as you like. You can mess up as many times as you like. And he's like, over here. Change. Come back over here to the right path, the right place. Treat people the right way. You can be so far off the path and he's just saying. We've lost the enthusiasm. Now the whole crowd gets to be in here. I'm off the path. I'm off the path again. Come back to his path. Come back to his messy, stinky sheep people, us. Turn and change. That's why repentance is in the Rooted series, because you're going to have to do this a lot. Return to how it is supposed to be. It is never, ever, ever too late to get on the path and you can do it right now. We're going to take this time and go to communion. If you did not grab your communion uh, wafer and fabulous cup on your way in, uh, my brother, uh, uh, gosh, Brandon, Willie, and Brandon, I want to say I said Willie, I know the name, Brandon, my brother Ron over here, will bring that, raise your hand, we'll get you some communion. We'd love for you to join us with communion. This is Teshuva. Like, this is returning to the path. You understand? This is why we do this every week. We have to return to the heart and the matter of why we exist, which is Jesus Christ. So pray with me, if you will, because somebody in here today, right now, may be making the big teshuva. They may be making the big change back to Jesus. So let's pray with me. Father God, if your spirit is here and it is upon people here, which I know it is, Lord, that you would just move in their hearts. Father God, I would ask that they would teshuva, they would change and turn towards you and your plans and your purposes at this very second and know that your way, your path, your will is the right will. You believe in it so much that you sent your son down on this earth, taking the form of man to show us the path to show us what it looks like to teshuva, to turn and to follow you. 
So, Father God, I just ask for your hand upon this time as we enter into communion that you would help us change. Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took this bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, and it's for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember him. And in the same way, after supper, he took this cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. Let's remember that we are to turn towards him. Amen. Father God, I just thank you for this time. Lord, I pray that your powerful word was spoken here today, that we have an understanding of repentance different than how we understood it before, that it is more real in our hearts and our life, that yes, Lord, we are sorry when we sin, but you call us to teshuva. You call us to turn and to come back to you come back to you for healing, come back to you for forgiveness, come back to you for love and compassion that changes the world. So Lord, I ask that we would just be moved to understand repentance your way. Help us to understand it your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.